Welcome to Fangirl Happy Hour for Tuesday, July 28, 2015. This is Anna, talking to you from sunny England. Today, we don't have any specific media to discuss, so we are changing things up a bit. This episode, we are talking about ourselves and our recent adventures in life and fandom. We also have a couple of reminders and answers to a few questions. With me, to dig into all of these things, is my fellow fangirl, Renee. Hi, Renee. Hello, Anna. How are you? I am fine. How are you? I'm okay, too. Great. We have a few questions to answer. We have... One of them is not really a question. It's a comment request. And the common request is that we become a weekly podcast. No. I've actually answered this question on our website where it's like, when will you become a weekly podcast? I'm like, when somebody gives us a million dollars so you can quit your job and hire an assistant. Yes. Because <laughs> that's what we need to become a weekly podcast. I think right now we're doing incidental episodes that end up making us look like a weekly podcast when we're technically a bi-weekly podcast. Yeah, we do have those extra special episodes, but they are really that super special. Super special. I don't know how you super find, special. I don't know how we would find time to actually commit to a weekly schedule right now. I'm really behind on everything. Everything. It's impossible. It's impossible. And you like you have a publishing company. <laughs> yes, I do. You're a professional. I'm, I'm, I'm a professional. Our second question type thing is from Diana who was like, I don't know if you like take audience recommendations for stuff. And then she wrecked us a comic called Check, Please. The answer to this is yes. Yes, we do take recommendations for media if you think we would like it. I mean, I think our tastes are pretty out there now, right? Yep. Like, uh, we're yeah. pretty, we're pretty open think, about what I, we like. Yeah, so I think you guys can judge. So well, if you think we I might like not. something, definitely tell us because that's how it works. If we're not in the same tide pool, we might not hear about something that you think we would like because Anna alone gets like 8,000 media things shoved in her face per day. <laughs> yes. But didn't you mention that before? Yeah. It was just a comic that I had heard of and I'm like, oh, it's a webcomic and it's free and we can read it online. So I had put it in our document, our yeah, topic document. Yes. That's what I saw. But it. now we have an explicit rec for it. She's also like, hey, there's also a lot of fanfic. So now, of course, I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's do this. Let's read this so I can get Anna into fanfic with it. All right, so maybe we should do that. Yeah. Maybe so we should have that, definitely. We should yeah. move that up our list. And we will. Yeah. So thank you for the recommendation, Diana. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thumbs up. And that's it for questions yeah. or question-ish shaped things. Okay, great. What about our reminders? Are we going down the Hugo way? Yeah, we are. We always end up here. <laughs> we always end up back at the Hugo. At least, well, think about it. We only have a few more weeks. Yes, that's true. And then it all starts again. But let's not go. Let's not talk about that. I mean, but, you can talk about it a little. I am working on a spreadsheet. It's really not a spreadsheet, I yes. might add, with a lot of recommendations, which I actually need to go and like edit. Did Archivist Wasp get published this year? Yeah. It needs to be added to the list, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Well, I need, I, I guess, while well, you're telling me that I should go and You do have editing super... privileges. I'm yes. just <laughs> going to toss that out there. I did give you editing privileges on this sheet, so you can go in. The sheet is really upsetting me, actually, though, because, like, I keep thinking, oh, fan artists and professional artists because I mean there is a Tumblr that does this but I found it really uh, really hard to like I just want like a straight list maybe that Tumblr has a straight list of things to look at for professional and fan artists although it doesn't really cover fan artists that well and I'm really sick of seeing a bunch of fan art uh, by dudes promoted like there's not an entire community doing fan art on Tumblr nah. <laughs> I'm so bitter <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about the art categories and the Hugos. Anyway, besides my frustration with the Hugo art categories, the deadline for voting in the Hugos is next Friday, July 31st. First, yes. If you haven't started the three-body problem yet, you probably should do that to yourself. <laughs> Maybe you should get on that. <laughs> so have you started yet? Have you voted at all? Have uh, you filled any? Yes, I have. Uh, I've used no award liberally. Oh my god, me too. It was really disappointing. I'm used to the Hugo process being, you know, sort of intensive. Like, I, I mean, there's stuff to read, there's stuff to look at, and I this time I just went, mm, 
Were you on this ballot? Did you say that you were upset about being on this ballot? Okay, well, guess what? <laughs> you're you're not getting voted for. Yeah. I was I was pretty I was pretty liberal with no award. Me too. I know I awarded a lot of things. Which really Basically, the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really disappointing. I'm really well, sad it happened. I don't know. I yes, I'm sad it happened as well. I'm curious to see how it will play it out. I'm curious to watch this award ceremony. It's going to be either extremely embarrassing. I'm really afraid. <laughs> like, are they even going to live stream at this point? Are they- they're just gonna be like, let's just cut off the guys. Let's I have no it. idea. Will it be empty? Will there be booing? Will people be? I I have no idea what's. I think happen. our community is way too boring. Like online, people will just be like super, you know, abrasive and rude to each other. But you get them in public, and it seems like, oh, I think it's okay then. Like, it's super polite. It's the weirdest. It's like watching a family reunion where you know everybody hates each other. <laughs> But they're not gonna come out and like have a like have a fist fight unless you're my family and then uh, you become the mayor and then you end up on YouTube. What? <laughs> Can you repeat that, please? I'm pretty sure you heard me the first time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a family member of mine became a mayor of a city and then like aired all his family drama at like a city council meeting. <laughs> thing i ever heard how did you not tell me this before because it's it's embarrassing well, we've been my, sharing, my we've claim been to fame is that my family stuff. ends up on youtube <laughs> like local politics gone wrong is that a close member of your family i mean not immediate but still still that's awesome no it's terrible it's embarrassing <laughs> But also kind of funny because it's just it is a little bit funny. Okay, so maybe that will happen with the Hugos. Maybe we will all end up in on YouTube. <laughs> really embarrassing videos from the ceremony. Who knows? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. You're, you're at right. This, at this point, anything can happen. I would not be surprised by anything at this point. I feel really bad for whoever the who's ever doing the hosting of the awards. Oh yeah. I don't know who it is. I used to know and I forgot, but I feel really terrible. Isn't that David Garrett? Is it? Oh, God. No. <laughs> okay, now I feel terrible for him and other people who, like, might cause a problem. Because <laughs> I feel like he's going to get, like, he's going to drag anybody who calls problems, I feel like. I, ha- I I really don't know. And, I'm, of course, I'm really looking forward to the stats, to the release. That's all the- anybody cares about, because then we're going to actually have an actual ballot. Yeah, that would be really interesting. That's what that's that's what's gonna go around this year is the the stats the the final. I mean, I know you're concerned. You want to check on your authors and be like, okay, sad puppies. Who did you screw over? Which of my authors did you? Whose year did you ruin? <laughs> I can already see it now. <laughs> maybe they didn't ruin anything. Maybe what, maybe not, they didn't wait. Not, Stop. Not, go back. For me, maybe it's not gonna be personal. Obviously, of course, they ruined everything for everybody. Yes. Okay. I won't feel it that it was so personal. No, I still well, feel is, I still feel personally is, insulted. Still feel personally. Yeah, I know. I, I know. still feel personally insulted over these. True. I'll take it back. I'll Angry it back. white people. Are you still reading on the drama though? Are you still I reading am, about it? I am. Uh, what was I reading today? Oh my god, Renee! I was reading this really awful st- stuff by that guy, Michael. William Zimmerman is that how is that his name? The guy that wrote that wisdom for my from my internet, and he's a nominee for best related work. Oh, that guy! He went on a rant on Facebook because apparently his account was suspended from Facebook because of his remarks on the in the aftermath of the Charleston. Oh right, he was the dude who got went full made, on white supremacist a, racist. Yeah, made made a really unfortunate unfortunate that's what we're gonna call it okay you're so polite uh, i would just call him an asshole that was an asshole comment to make dude yes terrible racist and then he got suspended from facebook good job facebook but he he created a twin account under a similar name and today or today i read i saw a screenshot of his recent screed on Facebook under that new account at file 770. It's something like, 
those little bitches at Facebook will regret. Anyone who comes after me, I will kill and shoot. Whoa, Torgerson, you chose a winner. Good job. It's just beyond comprehension to me. I mean, this is only part of the things he says. He just it's just gross, awful, inappropriate, racist, horrible, and do not want. And this is one of our Hugo nominees. And you know what? I was gonna tweet about it and then I actually got a little bit scared. Because you know, he does say that he will shoot people and kill people. I don't care so much about these guys. They're a full of hot air. It's like toddlers throwing a tantrum. This behavior, it's just like, I have no words for this behavior. <laughs> like, I mean, I could understand like a kid acting this way, but an adult, they just keep it's impressing awful. me with the, their, the, the limitless scope of their immaturity. Like really terrible people. So I don't know. Here's what I am most concerned about. Everybody who's joined as a supporting member they now have nomination rights next year they gotta nominate or this is just gonna happen all over again it will it's gonna be a repeat we're all gonna be mad the whole year it's not worth it in fact there are books out there that i know are super award worthy so everybody should go nominate them like put it on a list write it down on a piece of paper save it i have a hugo sheet people can submit recommendations and we'll add them eventually (laughs) So let's remember to include the Hugo sheet with our post. Yes. When we post this podcast. But don't use the Hugo sheet, the submission things to yell at me about the sad puppies. Like, literally don't. I've deleted. (laughs) So people will literally, like, use the form parts to, like, sit there and screed at me about the puppies and how they're improving genre by expanding the... Expanding what? Their egos? For reals? Yeah. No. Yeah, so I've had to delete so many things from this form. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he sounds so disbelieving. It happened. And, no, and I had to like add a note. I'm like, do not use this form to scream at me about sad puppies or slates. Do you... What do they think was going to happen? They would change your mind? They would convince you? I'm not convinced. I'm never going to be convinced. If there, <laughs> like, if there is a slate out there... Uh, and people are involved in it. I'm never going to read those people ever again. So feel free to put yourself on a slate. Feel free. I would love to add you to the list of authors. I'm never going to touch again. I would love it. It it makes life easier for us in a way. Because, yeah, because we have so many people, so many authors that we do want to read. So, you know, that kind of helps making our TBR mountains smaller, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's yep. the dead. So if you're registered to vote in the Hugos, you have until next Friday to go in and put in all your no award votes. <laughs> Unless you're actually <laughs> voting for them in this, some of this stuff, which in case I, is your prerogative. Good luck out there. Now that we ranted and cried about the Hugos, it's never going to be over. <laughs> we will be back to talk about it more. Not today, though. Today, now we're going to talk about something better, something nicer. Like, for example, the fact that Book Smugglers Publishing published a new story. Oh, yeah, you did. Yes, on the 21st. I like the story a lot. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Not that I'm biased or anything. You're a little biased. It's okay. I'm a little biased. The story is called Luminous by A. E. Ash. And it's our first science fiction romance. And it's about an older woman of color. She's in her 60s and she is stranded alone on a planet far, far away. And she doesn't know what happened to the rest of mankind. She, there, there was a war at some point, uh, but she's being alone there and she's still doing her work because, you know, what else will she do? She's completely by herself. Uh, and then one day a star falls and it's a beautiful love story. It's like really beautifully written. I'm I'm loving the reviews so far. The reviews have been amazing. And a lot of romance readers have reviewed uh, the story. And I'm very happy. We published it for free. I'll include a link with our post. But we also sell the story as an ebook with extra goodies. And disclaimer. If you buy the store, money is going to go directly into Anna's pocket. So uh, we, that is true. Please buy the also- story. <laughs> goes into uh, our author's pocket as well, which is really nice because usually authors don't get royalties for short stories, only 
only what they get paid straight away. The coolest, one of the coolest thing about this story actually is not the story itself, it's the cover. Because the cover is by Yasmin Kudari and she actually worked on things like Avatar. That's and cool. The Hobbit. She built like set uh, toys and, and extras and uh, uh, props for those movies. Working with famous movie people. Good job. Well, I know. I know. Go us. The art is really pretty, too. Yeah, I really liked the cover. It feels very cinematographic, I feel. Yes, so that's it from me from last week, I guess. So how was your week, Renee? My week was full of doctors. Doctors and medical stuff. Running a podcast when you have a chronic cough... I don't recommend that ever. In fact, I don't recommend it. It's not fun. It's not a good plan. Don't 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 do it. So they think I have allergies, which is like sometimes when you people I'm sure people will listen to me be like, "What is wrong with her voice?" Well, it's because I have apparent I've been coughing for two and a half years, and I do a lot. I have a lot of vocal fry, which is, and it's not that I'm lowering my voice deliberately. It's just that I have a cough and it happens. So that's been my week. That has a bit exciting. Well, well, at least you are on meds now. That's so. true. I do have allergy medications to attempt so. to fix the problem. But I'm just like, I'm so sick. I'm coughing all the time. It's really exhausting. And it's not okay. exciting. It's not an exciting story. Hey, guys, I have an illness. Congratulations. I hope you enjoy this amazingly professional podcast. <laughs> what else has been going on? Well, I published that column on Strange Horizons. Um, the Weight of History, my community's column. And it's yep. done really well. A lot of people have responded to it. Nina Allen wrote an amazing essay in response to it about her history with science fiction and fantasy. And it's a really great essay. I totally recommend people check it out. And then Galactus Suburbia dedicated like a huge chunk of their episode to discussing the column and their opinions about the, like, the canon in quotes. And it was really entertaining to listen to. I was listening to it in Panera, and I was just cracking up in public because it was so funny. Uh, it was awesome as well because it was quite, it was very meta and quite like Inception because they would say <laughs> so. This like it's Galactic Suburbia talking about listening to fangirl podcasts, listening to Galactic Suburbia. Yes, it was. True. It was like wow, we've this gotten is so cool. <laughs> we've turned it. We've turned. We've turned our podcast into. And now we are talking about Galactic Suburbia, talking about listening to fangirl podcasts and reading and Galactus and reading our articles. It's really. Yeah. It's fantastic. I don't know what this yeah. means, guys. Galactic Suburbia, folks. What do you? What does this? What does this mean? Do we need to go deeper? <laughs> maybe it was such a great episode wasn't it yeah it really was i was really happy they gave like tansy gave me a lot of advice and her comment on my article and then also i really liked the things i had to say because they were like it's a trick this this whole kind of thing is a trick and i was like they're absolutely right i liked all of their advice and how to deal with some of the the issues to to make our own canon i really like that idea that you don't need you don't need to bind this this really specious logic of the, the fact that there's a canon and i just think i'm gonna go off and make my own and i'm okay with my introduction to space adventure stories being rainbow bright and the star stealer i'm gonna be okay with that <laughs> also forest of glory wrote a response which was notable to me because she was in a location in the u.s that would seem to be filled with like a lot of diversity and because I was in a rural reading community, like, there was not a lot of reading to be had in science fiction and fantasy. Women filled genres back then was, like, romance. And really bad, rapey romance, too. Her essay covered things that she went through trying to find books. And that's pretty similar to my experience, but in a location that really kind of blew my mind. So it's not just me living in a rural area. It happens everywhere. So definitely check that out. We'll link that in the show notes. And then, I, I don't think I don't read. I, do, I haven't read that one. No, well, I'm you you're now. going to because I'm going to make yeah. you. And then <laughs> and then, Liz wrote her sleepless monster column. She published a new column on tour about reading women and the canon. She referenced my column and I think Tansy's article that she wrote a few weeks weeks ago, months ago. It's been a while, hasn't it? But 
of course, Liz, talking about diversity in reading means the comments on tour were a shit show. They were just unbelievable. It was one after the other, after the other, after the other. It's like, I am genderblind, but of course you don't have, you, don't, you, you can't just read talking about gender. I hope that's how they all sound, like evil trolls. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) So yeah, so Liz, commenting on this like wider narrative that we're going through, Gender White 2015, it's the new version for 2015, she wrote a column and it really resonated with me because there's a lot of discussion that goes back to this question, why do you keep asking where the women writers are? Well, Liz addressed this pretty explicitly, but this question, when it's posed this way to me, is a little off-putting because it like it fails to imagine the like the really complicated ways people come into the field and what we see when we get here. And I talked about this a little in my column because there's this cultural pressure to read men. So for me, the field looks really drastically different to someone who's reading within it and who has been around for like 20 or 30 years and then someone who's been reading mainstream books who's been around for 10 which is that's me because i haven't been here that long so the first group has a lot of tools they have like knowledge connections and resources but because i like skimmed along sf fandom in 2008 and finally got more involved in 2009 which was a very bad year to get involved in sf fandom 2009 what i saw was a field dominated by white men's voices and stories their favorite books, their experiences, and they they were just so much louder. And guys, first impressions matter. So when I came into this fandom, that's what I saw. Men dominating everything. So there's no wonder I bought into this whole idea of the canon, right, in quotes. Right. Because that's what I saw in the fandom. It was reflected there. Because they were just so much louder. Obviously now I'm more aware. I have been here long enough to have you know, those tools to yeah. to search out better recommendations, better reader advisory. Because, I yeah. mean, it's really like book blogging has, in a lot of ways, becomes like a kind of like a reader's advisory. You find voices that you like and you trust and you sort of follow them around. So, but it takes time and effort. If you just use the, the stuff on the surface, you're going to be reading Pat's Fantasy Hot List. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> So yeah, it's just been really great to see everybody like coming out and having the same, not the exact same experience as I did, but a similar one. I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in seeing this cultural pressure to read men at all. No, not alone. So that's been my week. And my week, oh. or rather my weekend, was the thing that didn't happen. Uh, if you listen to our um, previous episode the one where we had Kate Elliott um, as a guest or if you list, if you follow me the book smugglers uh, on Twitter you probably saw me going all oh, I have tickets to go to Comic Con and I booked a photo shoot with Haley Atwell aka Agent Carton and the voice that I just did is like does not convey how excited I was. She was really this. excited. She got. I was really. You excited. got. She she waited audible. Like. Yes. What is it? What is the vocal vo- version of going plaid? <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> I don't even know. So I got super excited. I have never done anything like this before. I've been to Comic Con. I have been to New York Comic Con once and to London Comic Con last year, and uh, they were okay experiences. Uh, New York Comic Con, went with Taya. We went for a couple of hours. We got tired. We went out and got drunk. Uh, (laughs) I went to London Comic Con last year. It was very crowded, but it wasn't impossible. And it it was a much smaller space as well. So it didn't feel like it was overwhelming. You know, again this year, um, London Comic Con, together with um, this new thing that we have here in the UK that started last year called Young Adult Literature Convention, which is a part of London Comic Con, but in a separate level within the, the arena, the hall or whatever they call it. It was at Olympia. So it was in a different uh, level, different floor. So it was separate. I got invited for a brunch early on Sunday at York 
And I said yes. Um, it was the second time I was invited for that. I went there last year. So it was really nice. So you go and you have an early brunch with a bunch of bloggers uh, and the organizers of Yawk and a few authors attend that brunch and they just talk about their books, what, what they have coming. And this year they had six authors, I think. One of them was Patrick Ness. So... You know, I got super excited. I booked my tickets to Comic-Con, spent even the weekend in London and everything. And then I saw, um, I think it was on Thursday or Wednesday, I saw that they had, that Hayley Atwell was attending and that there were tickets available for a photo shoot with her. I did not think, right? I did not stop to consider this. I yelled at Renee on Twitter, should I do this? And then Renee said, yes. yes. And I said, okay, right, fine. So I booked the thing. Now, allow me to explain to you how that happens. So basically, the system is such where you see what they have available, but there isn't a time slot for that. There is a photo shoot with Hayley Atwell on Sunday, and that's it. Then you are taken to a different website where you get these tickets. Again, the only thing that says is Sunday, Haley Atwell, photo, final, batch seven. That's all. That's all the information. And then they say, well, closer to the date, we will release the hour, the time slot for your shoot at the forum. It's not even like an official website or everything. It's, it's, it's a forum. So I kept checking and, it, and then it appeared that there, were, there was going to be two different times where she would be doing those photo shoots. But it didn't say where my batch would go. My batch is back to seven. Is that, the, is that the last batch? What time should I be there? Okay, so I had my ticket. I went to London Comic Con. I attended the brunch. It was really nice. I met a few bloggers that I had already met here uh, in England. I was introduced to a few other people. I didn't have the guts to talk to Patrick Ness. He was really nice. But, you know, I saw him from afar. Oh, Anna. Uh, I know. I saw the fans. Um, and then at around 11, I decided... No, sorry, around 10... I decided it was time for me to find out what time this photo shoot was going to happen. I went down to Comic-Con and that was like unbelievable because when they first got to the, to the, to the venue, it was kind of empty because it was so early in the morning and we had an early bird entrance because of the brunch. So when I went down, it was like so crowded. I could barely walk and it was so hot it was awful and so i went to find out the time for the shoot i spoke to someone and he said well she's booking she's booked for two times in the morning at 11 or in the afternoon at 4:45 and i said so what time but what time is back 7 or oh, you have to go to photo shoot area c to find out photo shoot area c was on the other side of the venue two floors down it took me one hour to get there with people bumping into me if i tried to even look at the tables that were selling merchandise there wasn't it was impossible i couldn't it was just the worst con experience of my life Jesus. so i i get to the other side of the venue and there are there at this photo shoot um, booth, letter C. And there are four different lines with people screaming, Sigourney Weaver this side, Sigourney Weaver this side. I mean, it means that Sigourney Weaver was in the vicinity of my person. <laughs> but I didn't even have time, you know, to absorb this information. Because, you know, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver to this side, Sigourney Weaver to this side. And I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? How do I find out? And they had a list. Again, the list only said Haley Atwell 1, Haley Atwell 2. When is my time? I didn't know. So I went and I talked to a girl who was standing there. She, was, she looked quite friendly. 
and I said, you know, I said, oh, I have these tickets. Do you know what time they should be? And she says, oh, I don't know. I think you need to ask my colleague over there. The colleague over there is the colleague who was, Sigourney Weaver to this side, Sigourney Weaver to this side. So I went and I, I waited a little bit until he, you know, finished Sigourney Weavering. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And then I I said, oh, hi, so I have this ticket for Haley Atwell, and it says batch seven. Do you know roughly what time should be? And then he looks at me, he reads my ticket, and he says, well, the clue, young lady, is when it says final. Like, I'm supposed to know that final means that it's the afternoon shift, but it still doesn't tell me what time. Do I need to be there at 4.45, at 5, 5.15? How long will it take? Which line should I go? Where should I be? How how early should I get here? Will they call me by number? There is no number on this ticket. How will I know? And then he just turned his back to me. I can't believe this. And then that was now around half past 12. And I said, I'm not staying. I just, I really cannot deal with this. This is awful. This is, like, so, what, like why do they have so many people in there? I don't know. And then this dude was, like, super dismissive and condescending. So that's a oh bonus. Oh, my God. The final young, no, your clue, young lady, is the final region. He was like, how the hell did he get that job? I don't know. I don't. Dear, dear person, that was the shittiest customer service I have ever heard of in my life. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. And I am already, I am shy in real life. I I had already over taxed myself in the morning by talking to so many people. And, uh, and I felt like drenched of, all my energy after that there was no way i was going to spend another five hours and then queue for how i don't know how long in what circumstances because there is no explanation and it may be maybe people who are used to going to, to doing these things and going to these events know everything there is to know about how to do these photo things but this was my first experience and i thought it was going to be an awesome thing but I just couldn't go through with it. It, it. I felt it was awful. Awful. I just... I realized that big cons like this are not for me. At least not by yourself. I I don't know if it would have... If being with someone would have made... I, I don't know. So... I well, just... I don't know. If you had been with me, that guy would have... He would not <laughs> have turned his back on you. He would have answered our questions. Yeah. And he would have done it in a polite manner. That's yeah. unbelievable. His behavior yep. was so rude. Yep, I know. Why, dear London Comic Con, why are you hiring dickbags? Are they are they even hired, or are these people um, volunteers? Are they, are they, if these are volunteers, it's even worse. I, I know. mean, I know it's hard, it's hot, and it's loud, and it's frustrating. But if you're volunteering for that event, you obviously know this. You should be prepared. I know. It was, yeah. I just, I have no words. It was just. I'm so sorry. That's awful. That's awful. It was, it was awful. Because, like, if he had been helpful, that would have, like. Yeah. He, it would have, it would have probably not discouraged you. Like, you would have been. Just tell me. Just tell me something. The only thing I needed to know is that, well, it starts at 4.45. If you start queuing at half past four, you should be okay. Or something, anything, anything, any information. Listen, I am so super easy going okay most of the time but if there is something that needs to be structured and i need information for things to work and i'm not given proper information i stop functioning wow i would have had no like if it had, if he had talked to me like that directly like i would have had an anxiety attack and had like i would just had a meltdown on the floor but <laughs> The weird thing about my anxiety yeah. is if he, if people do that stuff to people with me, not to me, but with me, I go into mother like mother bear mode, <laughs> like Aww. really nasty. If it, as long as it doesn't happen to me, it's oh, if it happens to me, it's it's over. I'm done. I'm gonna be a, a triggered mess on the floor. You have to mop me up. But if it happens to somebody with me, I'm like I'm gonna be like, oh no, you did not just do that. Yeah, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there with you. It was. Yeah. One day, we one day we're going to get you 
We're gonna we're you're gonna meet you're gonna meet Haley Atwell. We'll get you there. We're gonna we're gonna get you there. One I day. Know. So that's, that's our goal. Fangirl happy hour goal. <laughs> get Anna face to face with Haley Atwell. Uh, I'm gonna write so... it down somewhere. <laughs> World domination and a meeting with Haley Atwell. <laughs> Yeah, so I was kind of just, dis- I mean, at that point, I was just so distraught. I just left and I came home. I didn't even stay for the rest of, of the call or anything. I also felt that from what I saw, I walked around a little bit just before going to try and find this photo booth. And and I tried to see if there were any merchandise for cool things that, that we love, like Lumberjanes or Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel. And there was nothing there was a there was a marvel booth selling graphic novels trade and they didn't have any of that they had spider-man avengers fantastic four ant-man obviously yeah all the dudes they had none of the ladies we could we could always just pull ourselves and be like i'm sure they just sold out Oh, yes! Okay. Yes. Maybe we can pretend that was the reason. Yeah. <laughs> Make absolutely. ourselves feel better. Okay, absolutely. Okay, let's go with that one then. But, like, was there was any... Did you see any, like, book coverage? Nothing. Oh, book cover, no. no not at Comic-Con, just at Young Adults. Um, oh, that seems so... I don't know. It just seems so short-sighted. I don't get it. I don't get it either. But okay. Uh, well, I don't... I'm not... I'm not working in the publishing industry, so... Oh, um, Oh well, I'm so, so sorry that it didn't work out. Did you? I had, know. You went to the other one, or is that has the other one happened yet? What Nine, other one? Nine Worlds. Oh, Nine Worlds. No, it's gonna be on the weekend of second weekend of August. Ah, okay. So that's gonna be much better for you. I hope so because it's dif- it's a different type of con as well. It's more like panels, and there is yeah, it's not the same thing. So hopefully that one goes much better for you. I hope so. Last year's was great. So that was my con experience. Uh, I'm sorry that I didn't get to meet Haley at well. I'm then... sorry for you. Like you don't have to. Why are you sorry? <laughs> I'm sorry that volunteer or employee or whatever it was a complete jerk. Yeah, that's really yeah. And it's just really sad. Haley Atwell would not be impressed with him. I'm guessing. No, absolutely. She would be very disappointed in him. And then I felt so guilty for leaving, and I texted. No, no, not at I, all. I, I texted my partner, he, he's in Brazil, and I was like, please tell me that it's okay for me to leave. <laughs> Do I have to feel guilty? You for don't have home? to feel guilty at all. Like, your experience like, was oh, awful. Of course not. <laughs> like, if, like, self-care, Anna, self-care. Like, if you were alone and by yourself, and the God just been completely dismissive and rude to you and it was busy and hot no absolutely it was fine for you to leave it was the right decision i felt so stupid no why would you feel stupid no the way that he talked to me is like made me feel so stupid because i couldn't read understand that final meant the afternoon I thought final meant that batch seven was the final batch or whatever. I don't know. I have never done this before. This is what this is what I call the curse of knowledge that people continue to fall the hole people continue to fall into where they know what something means and can't imagine not knowing it. So when other people come up to them and be like, Hey, I have a question, they treat them like crap. Don't do that, guys. Pretend if somebody asks you questions, pretend they're like you. Like they they were you, you know, five years ago before you acquired that information and yeah. answer everything as well as you can like most people are not assholes and they just need to know something that you have access to so share it with them yes this I, is so beautiful renee i think i feel like we should put that on the t-shirt i just really i'm just really upset that this guy like this guy <laughs> ruined this for you like i mean i know it wasn't just him it was like the whole experience but he was like the cherry on top of the shit pie that absolutely like he was... let's not call, let's not call him a cherry because I really love cherries. <laughs> let's call him the papaya on top of my. my you don't. Like oh God! I now we're gonna get hate mail from papaya fans. Let's call let's call him the papaya on top of this pie. I'm sorry, papaya fans. <laughs> Please forgive us. Yeah. No Agent Carter for me. I was going to get her to punch me in the face. I know, you you, you told me, and I was really excited about it for you, and now I'm really mad that you didn't get to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well. 
there's gonna well there'll be future cons maybe in a, in the future you can go with Thea. She'll be at one where Thea can go with you. I don't know. She just said that she doesn't want to go back to any Comic Cons again either because she could do it, it for you. It wasn't nice. Well, no, I don't think I don't think any of us would like to go back to a Comic Con again. <laughs> You're just, you're just you're just shutting them out completely. You're like, we're done. No more. Done with Comic Con. Sorry, people. I might go to other conventions there, have panels and people just sitting and talking about shit and not just walking around bumping into you. Yep. But since we're talking about comics, I feel like I need to talk to you about my comics problem. You have a comics problem? I have a comics problem. I've been buying a lot of comics. How bad is it? It's bad. Going into I, bankruptcy I, bad, not being able to feed yourself bad, like possibly. Oh Jesus! What are you buying? Uh, so many things. So I went to Forbidden Planet on Saturday before oh, going to Comic Con, and I went. I went with a friend, and she's really into comics, and she was like, "You have to have this." And Your this, first and mistake. And this, and this and this and I was like, "Okay." Oh, your first mistake. That was a rookie mistake, Anna. Rookie mistake. So she gave me, like, I bought issue one. The problem is that I've been buying issues. And yes. that's not a good thing either. No, you have to be really careful because then you could end up following comics in floppy. And that gets yeah. real expensive. You have to really be selective. I'm really selective now about what I'm yeah. going to follow in floppy, especially after all this battle world secret war shit exactly this is this is part of my comics problem because what the fuck is going on with that i don't uh, even know what's gonna because now thor stopped my beloved female thor stopped miss marvel is going down that route as well something's gonna happen with captain marvel too so and then you know i started running reading runaways but I have no clue what's happening or how that's gonna play. And then I was listening to that podcast that, w- that I'm that I've been listening to, the um, Rachel and Miles explain the X Men. And Secret War is actually something that already happened. So it's like, is that a different secret? I think Wars? so. Yes. I'm just waiting until it's over, and then somebody's gonna sit down and explain it to me, and then I'm gonna catch up. I'm not really worrying about it now. Miss um, Marvel's gonna relaunch with a new number one in October or September. Right. So was because I just read issue sixteen of Miss Marvel. Is that the last one then? No, there's going to be like I think at least one or two more. I think that's what my comics guy told okay. me. Okay, right, because that was that was named part one of something. Yeah, so there'll probably be there'll probably be at least one or two more. Okay, but then they're going to relaunch it after Secret Wars ends, and then they're going to flip. They're going to push everything eight months into the future after the Secret Wars. Huh. So at this point, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go with what I have. And it's going to be okay, and I'll reassess what I want to follow in Floppy in the fall. It's not going to be a lot of things. Like, I'm dropping since, like, Kelly Sue's leaving Captain Marvel, so I'm probably only going to follow that in trade if they relaunch it. I don't know if they're relaunching it. I'm following the Bucky Barnes comic, but I'm really confused about it. (laughs) It's really, uh, like, I like it. It's really interesting. I like the I like the guy's writing style and I like the art, but I'm just really confused all the time. Like there's so much, oh, there's so much stuff to remember. Like my comics guy can just rattle off like storylines from 20 years ago and contextualize things on the fly, and I'm just like, how are you? Are you a robot? <laughs> yeah, I just no. really wanna. I don't know. I don't know what it, like. Be careful, Anna. Be careful out there. Yeah, I know. So I have made a decision of stop reading issues unless it's Lumberjanes. Yes, that's a good decision. Because Lumberjanes is adorable. You can read and trade. It's like, I know a lot of people, when I first started thinking about comics, a lot of people say, well, you have to read in floppy or it's going to get canceled. But I really think we're beyond that in some ways now. Because trades are becoming an entry point. Yeah. So it's not... There's. I mean, I'm sure there's risks with not reading something, like, especially something independent. But I think with the superhero comics, I think it's fine to wait for the trades. Yeah. I really think it is. It has to be, because it, it also, you know, it happens because... Within the trades, they collect the issues that are relevant to a particular storyline. So it's even it's better really to read like that because then you have the, the entire arc mm-hmm. in one go. 
I mean, and I then, think people who want to collect, like, who are collectors, right? Who want the, like, who want the comic to collect it? Who want to yeah. buy it? Like, although I know a lot of, I know a lot of people bought Miss Marvel the first issue, the first issue, just as a political statement. They're like, we want this comic, we want this character, so they bought it as a political statement. The first, which is cool. The first floppy, but then they, but then they didn't buy any of the others. They read it in trade, or a lot of people read it and really, really liked it and wanted to read it in floppy. They wanted to keep up with it. Either way is fine. I'm yeah. not a person who is like, you must read in floppy or else you're not a real comics fan. That's a dangerous path to go down. Yeah, no, definitely. You can have so... you can have both cherries and papayas. <laughs> you can have both no. of them. No. I ain't I papaya friend. So I got issue one of Archie, issue one of A Force, uh, Black Canary. I bought Gotham Academy for a change from Marvel, I guess. I got one called Islands. It's an independent one, um, also recommended by my friend. And it's a collection of different artists and different writers. It it, it just looks very interesting. It's very different. I'll send you a link. Okay. And then she recommended something called Babette. Is that what it is? I couldn't find it um, at Forbidden Planet. But apparently it's online. It's also an independent one. It's full of queer characters, she said. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm interested in that as well. Um, she also says Giant Days is really good. She I've reads a lot. Yeah, she reads a lot. She says Giant Days is like uh, Lumberjanes, but older. Oh, neat. I know. So maybe something to think about for future episodes. Don't buy comics and not be able to buy food <laughs> don't, go down, don't go down that path Anna. <laughs> absolutely absolutely i'm gonna stop myself now do you know i went through this phase exactly like this when i was um 17 like i said i started reading x-men and then after i read the entire run of available um older issues of x-men i started buying the new one but of course at that point there was x-force wolverine Excalibur, right? Uh, the Uncanny X Men, all of them. And I started buying all of them, and at that point, I didn't have a job or anything. My dad was like, "Uh, hello, can you please stop this? Uh, we don't have money." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, dad." So that's when I stopped reading comics because it got so ridiculous with so many different things and so many retcons and so many. You know, do-overs. Oh, these characters dead. Ha ha ha. Not really. Gotcha. You know. Uh. <laughs> that happens a lot with X-Men. I stopped. And now I'm kind of back again. It's well, your fault. My fault? I, I blame you. You blame me? What did I What did I have to do with this? <laughs> I just encouraged you to read some awesome stuff and then i want to read more awesome stuff <laughs> just encourage you to read captain marvel and i remember with miss marvel I, that was definitely my fault because you said that yeah. you weren't you didn't like her books that much her prose yeah. and i was listening, like no no comics are different it's just that it's my thing with joe hill where i find his books kind of overwrought and sexist and misogynistic and but his comics work is really good like it forces him to like hone his writing skills and think about what he's saying with his words and it's helpful so i thought that g will also be the same thing for you and turns out i was right yeah so right i'm a genius <laughs> uh i'm not really sorry <laughs> for getting you hooked on comics yeah so that's my comics problem oh boy well uh... All I can tell you is just to be careful. Like, set yourself a limit. A lot, a lot of my friends have limits. Like, they say they can they can follow, like, a certain number of comics in floppy, but all the, but they can only, but only those, only that number. So they say, okay, I can, I have three slots, so I can follow three comics in floppy, and only those comics. But everything else they have to read in trade. So it's yeah. kind of like a compromise, supporting the single issues, but then um, reading other things in trade. Also so a good plan. Okay, if I have to do that, I would pick Lumberjanes, Miss mm-hmm. um, Marvel. Yep. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm one. I'm probably gonna read. I think A Force is continuing. I don't know if I'm gonna. 
I think it is. Is it Rainy Forest? I can't remember now. Um, but I think there's a, a, a woman like comic that I'm going to follow. I'm pretty sure it's A Force. I swear I yeah, saw that it was going to continue. Yeah. I, I swear I saw it was going to continue. But I I think I might be following the the new Avengers, the all new, all different Avengers because yeah, Miss Marvel's on that team. Although my comics guy was like, eh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be able to write Kamala. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would continue with uh, Wicked Divine. Oh, and Beach Planet. Oh, right. The comic that I haven't read those comics yeah. I, I have both volumes of the wicked and the divine yeah i have volume one and two i just need to read them i have not yet read this planet it's really cool i'm really i'm bad i'm sorry do you know what i what i really want to read low-key agents of asgard oh no don't go down that dark path i really want to read that oh, no. have, you re- have you read that one no <laughs> This it sounds so cool. Oh, of course, we need to continue with Young Avengers as well. Oh, Loki. I just don't want to read about Loki. I'm just not interested in Loki, I think. Oh, I love Loki. Like, he was in, in Miss Marvel issue, and I'm just like, okay, no. I'm not interested. Yeah, I loved it. No, but I've lo- I liked Loki when I was 19. I was kind of obsessed with Norse mythology. Oh, I see how it is. Now I see. The truth comes out. And I even kind of learned how to read runes. Oh god! Oh wow! Okay. Well, we've got to yeah. we've got to move on now. <laughs> so I kind of loved Loki back then. We've got to move on. That. This is too much mythology. Yeah. I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm in this in mythology situations. I am Jon Snow. <laughs> um, but then I read the Sandman, and he's a huge character in the Sandman. Oh, not to self. Maybe don't reach well, he's man. the villain. Yeah, so... And, of course, the Thor movies. He's adorable. Oh, my God. And the, and the Avengers. Oh, no. What? You don't like Loki? I just don't find him that interesting. I mean, he's the best villain that Marvel's managed so far. But I just don't find him that intriguing. Phantom likes him a lot. There's a lot of Loki fans. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> you know? Okay. We've parted ways over Loki, it's, yeah. but it's fine. Okay, we shall allow this then. Oh, thank you for thank you for your uh, okay. permission. No problem. <laughs> so I guess then the other thing for us to talk about that I have as a prompt is what are your thoughts on To Kill a Mockingbird and Go Set a Watchman? I've never read a To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. I've never read it. I thought that was compulsory reading. Uh, it sure was, but I sure didn't do it. <laughs> I got told every year, like from fourth grade on, you should read this book. You should read this book. And of course, me being me, I'm like, I'm not reading it. I don't like. I think I actually failed a book report in sixth grade because I refused to read it. I just took the. I just took a because it was just being pressed on me constantly. I'm like, I don't know. No, I don't want to. And you can't make me. And I will just take a bad grade. And I definitely, I took a zero on a book report because I was just like, I'm not doing it. Just it's amazing. It. I respect you so much more right now. I'm just like, I, I, have I mean, so I don't even, respect. I don't even, I don't even know if the book is bad. I don't like, I have no clue. I just got sick of every adult in my life going, this is important literature and you should read it. That's so interesting. Instead, I went and read stuff in the Disney magazine. Ha ha ha. That's interesting because for me, of course, I'm not American. This is not part of my cultural background at all. So you go online and it, it feels like everybody has read this book. Not only that, but everybody feels like everybody else should have read this book. And it feels like if you are an American, you assume... Everybody will know and care about this. Well, I am an American. I've, I was born in the South. I grew up in the South. And I have not read this book. I don't care about this book. Thank you for proving me wrong. I, if I want to re- like, read about race and the complications of white Southerners and black Southerners and the problems inherent in how our culture has handled these things, I will just go pick up a history book. There's tons of amazing history written by by African American scholars that I would probably enjoy quite a bit more than I would a book of, a book of fiction about it. I'm yes. sure it's a good book. I 
totally am okay with people loving it and finding it important as a touchstone in their reading lives, their literary history. I just don't think it's for me. Right. I read it a couple of years ago. And I didn't talk to anyone about it because I thought it was incredibly racist. And meanwhile, everybody's telling me how beautifully this book deals with race. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is a white savior complex. I don't know enough about it. That's really bad. I know there's no. a movie and I I think... Maybe, I, I, I watched the movie when I was younger. I think the movie played a lot in classrooms like on rainy days and I would ignore it every time <laughs> to like... I don't oh, know. I love that. I love that. To write that. like Mario Brothers fanfic or Carabin's fanfic point. in my notebook. That's interesting. Well, so I'm not the person to ask about this. I don't. I know there's a lot of drama apparently about the new book. Like there's there's, yes, there's doubt on whether she wanted it published or something. Yep, because apparently this was actually the first draft of To Kill a Mockingbird, and her editor said, "No, we cannot publish this. This is not good." And she went back to the writing um, board and then she rewrote the novel as To Kill a Mockingbird. So, but the main difference is that the first book, Ghost Side of Watchmen, that has come out just now, uh, the main character is older. It's like it's in her 20s, whereas she's a child in To Kill a Mockingbird. So they made her a child for the actual book that was published. And she said that that book, Ghost of Watchmen, should never be published. And she hid the manuscript for years. And now she's an elderly uh, woman who apparently um, has lost her vision and her sense of hearing. And I don't know how she's communicating with people. And I don't know how, but one of her aides or nurses or lawyers found the manuscript and said that she gave permission for it to be published and apparently it wasn't edited at all and it is published as she wrote it when her editor at HarperCollins just said no this is unpublishable publishing sometimes really makes me sick and there was an article in Publishers Weekly comparing entire passages from both books they are exactly the same no words changed well that seems not good Nope. And then, of course, there is the question of readers now reading this and, and seeing that the characters are racist, especially Atticus Finch, the lawyer. And I'm like, are you for real? How can this be a surprise to you? He was like this in the first book. Oops. <laughs> and that is that. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been, I've, I find that really intriguing as an outsider to the culture, to that literature, as someone who is not part of it, that I have not grown up with that novel so heavy on my makeup, on my cultural literary makeup. I'm sorry that I could not be a good resource for you. I'm sorry. That, no, no, I'm sorry in sixth grade. I took, a, no, I took, a, I took just, an F. <laughs> it's actually really great that you aren't because kind of like, maybe dispels the notion that everybody loves and has read that book. I did that a lot with that. I did that a lot with a lot of books, though. I People would be like, you got to read this. you got to read it. It's only been recently, like, with science fiction, older science fiction, where I'm like, okay, tell me what the important books are so I can go read them. It's only been since then, since I've been wanting to go back. But when I was a kid, it, the more people pushed a book on me, the less I was likely to, to read it. I know I skipped tons of books. I skipped The Giver for a zillion years because people were like, you got to read this. No, I don't. And I will avoid it like the plague. How interesting. And did, you, did you eventually read The Giver? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I finally read it. Late, way yeah. later in life than I should have. I thought, also find it interesting that a lot of the books that people tried to press on me back then to tell me to read it uh, were literary fiction by women that I was just like, mm, nope. And like they like they they pre like they like pushed it on me, and it's really interesting now that my, that I've become a more diverse reader and I'm more aware that I'm just like, wow, that's really interesting now that I feel there's more cultural cultural pressure to read men because I'm thinking about the the women that were pushed on me is like, like Lois Lowry and then the Harper Lee to kill a mockingbird, Little Women was also one that 
was pressed on me repeatedly, and I didn't read the book until after I saw a movie that was made with, like, Claire Danes and some other people, and I really yeah. loved the movie, and that's when I went back and read the book, because I liked that story, and I wanted to read the book. But, like, the more adults told me that I needed to read these things, I also have avoided um, Ellen Montgomery for a long time for that reason. Who? Oh, right. Yes. Um, Anne of Green Gables. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's just really fascinating that the more people pressed me, and then they weren't pressing me to read men, they were pressing me to read these women writing stories about women. That's interesting. That's, that really, now that's that I think about really that, that's really funny. And I would just be like, no, adults, no. Not that I didn't read women, I read a lot of romance and stuff back then, like, for kids. And I read Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley and stuff like that. The Saddle Club. Ah, memories. <laughs> <laughs> So it was not that I was not reading books by women, because a lot of those books were written by, like, ghostwriters who were women. It's just that those, there was just some touchstones that I was just like, mm, no adult, go away. <laughs> oh, well. Such a rebel. That's amazing. We're both, we're both rebels. Yep. On that note, speaking of rebels, Renee doesn't have a recommendation today. I'm sorry. I'm a boring person. I haven't, but... I haven't imbibed anything. I do. I have two recommendations. So, so you're making it up for me. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Good job. Good no work. problem. So I love law stuff very much. I find that crime TV show and law TV shows are my comfort watching. And in the past few weeks, I needed quite a lot of that. So I binge watched five seasons of The Good Wife on Netflix. And I loved it. I absolutely adore it. I I screeched out loud when I realized that season six is not available <laughs> yet. So it was a painful, was a very painful moment for me. So uh, I highly recommend The Good Wife. It's it's about the main character Alicia Florek, uh, who is married to state's attorney, and he is arrested on a huge scandal. And she finds out that he slept with hookers and awful. And she lost, she loses everything. Of course, he's in jail. She has two kids and she needs, she used to be a housewife, but she has a law degree from Georgetown. And she has a friend who gives her a chance at his law firm. So this whole series is about Alicia getting back on her feet and it's all about her. She is amazing. She is an amazing lawyer. She is this complicated woman that has affairs and kind of like still likes her husband in a way, but doesn't want to continue with the with the marriage because understandably, you know, he fucked up completely. But the series is really good and, and all the law stuff is really interesting and the whole relationships. And there is one major character. There is a bisexual woman of color, Kalinda. And she's the investigator in the firm. In the firm. She goes around and she just gets all the clues and, and does the interviews. And she plays that character that women don't usually play She's the player who is so hot and seductive that she can get anybody into her bed, most of them women. And there are so many sex scenes in this. It's just, it's really good. That's all I'm saying. And the second one, the second recommendation is also a law-related fantasy novel. I know um, this one. I know this yeah! one. Yeah! It's Last for Snow, the fourth book in Max Gladstone's The Craft Sequence. If you haven't read those books, they are amazing. They are amazing. They have amazing world building, amazing characters. It's fascinating. It's all about corporate law, but with with magicians. And there is a skeleton king, the most... Like, everybody's... Oh, most characters are people of color. It's just everybody. There are lots of queer characters. And this fourth book is actually the first book in chronological order. So you could potentially even start with this one. Oh, good. So uh, since I haven't read the series and I'm now yep. acquiring a bunch of pop culture shame points. Yep. Uh, I should maybe start here. Okay. 
Yeah, you can definitely start there. It's really good. It's a fantastic book. And then you go back and you read three parts there. It's two serpents, two serpents Rise and Full Phantom 5. Full Phantom 5. Yeah. So it's really good. All of these recommendations. And I think then this is a wrap. That is. Is it a wrap, Renee? It is a wrap. Everybody, enjoy your papaya. Happy Hour is Renee Williams and me, Anna Grillo. Renee is also our producer. All hail the Queen. You'll find links to some of our discussion topics in our show notes at fangirlhappyhour.com. You can email us at fangirlhappyhour at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially if you send us lists. What kind of lists? Well, surprises. You can find us on Tumblr and Facebook at fangirlhappyhour. One long word, no spaces. If you like our page or our posts, we both get a warm ping of happiness. If you like the show, we'd love it if you drop by iTunes and leave a review. They help us in the mysterious iTunes algorithms so more people can find us. Once they find us, their to-be-read list is within our grasp. Help us influence readers worldwide in your cast for world domination. You can chat with us on Twitter at Podcasts. This week's question is, if you could meet one celebrity, who would it be and why? Please don't say Hedy Watwell, because that would break my heart. This week's 21st century recommendation is The Tricksters by Margaret Mary. Our music is by Box Cat Games. Our logo is by the very talented Era. You can commission them at justera.tumblr.com. For both myself and Renee, thanks for listening and see you next episode.